And welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast, the most insulting podcast in the business. Today we are joined by French death metal band Akiavel. Comment allez-vous? Nous allons très bien, merci. Oui, tout va bien. Okay, I'm out of French. The only other thing I could say is, non me déchage pas, je suis canadien. Eh? <laughs> what did I just say? Don't, don't, um, don't be decept me since I'm Canadian. Oh, damn it. I thought it was don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. No, no, no. That's not what you say. I think oh. I, I'm afraid. <laughs> How do I say don't shoot me? I know, yeah, you want to. Yeah. Ne me décède pas. Ne me tue pas. Don't kill me. You want to say. Ne me tue pas. Ne me tue pas. Yeah. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm not a Canadian. The, the most important uh, thing for an American to know in this world right now is don't shoot me, I'm Canadian, because everyone hates us. So, no me tire, canadiense. No, no, that's not right. Watashi ni utemasen, Canada jindeste. I can say it. Uh, don't shoot me, I'm Canadian, in Spanish and Japanese. <laughs> Of course, but, uh, I'm not thought, uh, U.S. people didn't really like Canadian. Uh, am I wrong? That's an interesting question. Um, I personally love Canadians. Yeah, I love we do. Canada. Well, I've been, been there several times over the course of my travels, and Canadian people to me are just abs, just an absolutely wonderful people. And they gave us hockey, so thank you for that. They gave us curling, which I'm not as big a fan of, but we can they can keep that one. But no, I I. I don't think we have any real rivalry with Canada. I think that the American view is a little skewed because I think most Americans think of Canada as our little brother. I think it's the same between France and Belgium, actually. So it might be the same kind of links. I can see that. And real uh, relation and, and, and us making, making fun sometimes a bit about uh, Belgium, which is not, not good and not fair. But we, we kind of see Canada as uh, like just lower grade America. Like to the point where I got upset with my cell phone company because they said it was going to cost me $2 a text to text Canadians. Oh, and I'm nice. like, why? And the response was, it is another country, you know. But is it? <laughs> uh, so I, it's not you... really a lower... Yeah, it's not really a lower grade since they speak French, so they they, they have this particularity, and it's uh, very only, positive. Only fifteen percent of all Canadians speak French. Yeah, the best part. I haven't been to Quebec yet, <laughs> although a lot of my favorite hockey players come from there. So it's there's I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff there, and I really, really want to visit Montreal as well, uh, and Paris, of course. I mean, who doesn't want to visit Paris? And more than welcome and let us know if you come over to Paris once uh, we can travel back. <laughs> we are actually making our first trip um, in, in June. We're not leaving the country, of course, and we're also not getting on a plane, of course, but we are, we're going on a road trip to, to Florida to go to a theme park, to go to Harry Potter World, and we're very excited. But I will say that... I'm sorry. Yeah. Is it open? Yeah. You're lucky. Everything is closed here. But in America, we're all supposed to be vaccinated by May 1st. 
They're saying everyone in America who wants a who wants to get the vaccine will have been vaccinated. I got my shot about a week and a half ago. I got the one shot. My wife got her second shot on um, actually no uh, the two days before I did. So her vaccine is fully effective on Tuesday in just three days. And right. Then, uh, my daughter actually did have it, but it was very, very mild, and she was fine in a couple days. Uh, but you know, it's things are things are changing in the right direction. And frankly, every time I do a podcast now, we talk. It seems like we do a, a COVID catch up, and okay. <laughs> I'm tired of COVID catch ups, but I'm tired of the fact that we have to still do them more than anything. Yeah. Um, I'm actually now Same getting my. Oh, I'm getting my Facebook memories now where because like when we went on lockdown and quarantine here in America, we all assume, oh, this is just going to be a month. It'll be fine. You know, so at the beginning, you know, just making fun of things and being silly and knowing what I know now, my God, I want to go back and smack that guy. <laughs> yeah, after one, one full year, everything is back to. To the beginning. Yeah. To yeah. Here, but here in my state, we were down to uh, infection rates of July just a couple months ago. So, new infection rates. So we're we're definitely trending in the right direction, and I'm very happy. But let's move on a little bit from COVID to something yep. a bit more fun. Um, yeah. So before we get going too far, tell me about your band. So our band is uh, Akiavel. We are a French uh, death metal band from the south of France. Um, we have created this band, Auré, uh, Chris, and Jay. Uh, together created the band in, back in 2018. And I joined them one year after the beginning. Uh, they released um, a small uh, EP in 2018 with no drummer with a how do you say a beatbox something like that instead mm -hmm. of a proper drummer and then i joined uh, uh, drum machine drum machine okay thank you and we then when i arrived uh, we began uh, writing uh, the our first uh, self uh, full length album uh, which is called five and uh, so during the 2019, we have uh, written it and uh, recorded and uh, released it uh, in February 2020. It was uh, the beginning of uh, Akiavel. Uh, then we had to we had a tour uh, which was uh, uh, scheduled, of course, uh, and uh, everything was cancelled, of course, as well. Uh, so instead of touring in 2020, after the release of our first album, we we decided to write uh, a new. For, uh, for clip videos yeah yeah actually yeah <laughs> it, it, we, we have uh, been uh, very uh, productive in terms of music videos uh, since yeah we, we shot uh, four of them uh, and we also wrote our second album which is due to be released on the 23rd of uh, april so in uh, three weeks from now um, which will be right about when this posts so then uh, every, everyone uh, will be able to listen to it on all platforms and able to where uh, where can internet. where is it being now i know you've got a vinyl pressing of it coming up where is it being shipped out of is there an american distribution uh yeah of course uh, everything uh, 
is available uh, available um, all over the world. Uh, just have to go on akfl.com. Then you can order everything uh, either directly uh, from us in terms of uh, vinyls. Uh, we are pressing them actually, and uh, in terms of uh, t-shirts and uh, um, and uh, and uh, CDs, uh, they are available on. Uh, season of mist but you can find everything on our website everything is pretty clear and uh, it's uh, shipped uh, everywhere and we actually already send a lot of our cds uh, uh, almost daily to the u.s so it's, uh, it's very cool uh, i would imagine so did um the first album did you press that one on vinyl or just the second both of, of them uh, okay. have been pressed. Uh, so yeah, we, we had the idea of uh, pressing the second one uh, first with a limited edition and the standard edition. Right. And once we've uh, done that, we we thought it would be unfair not to do the same for the first album. Uh, so it's- Oh, uh, so you, you went back and pressed the first album later? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have everything- you, have, have you gotten the first album? Are, are any of them done? Have you actually held them yet? What do you mean? Uh, then have you actually have you gotten the 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 shipment of the of the records yet? Ah uh, no, not yet. It should be available uh, at the end of the month, I think. So no, we 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 hadn't the the proper disc. Uh, we we didn't see them uh, physically yet. And, gotcha. Uh, as as somebody who really wanted to be a musician, them, yeah. but was not any not going any good at it. I've always wondered what it would be like in this day and age to hold your own music on a record rather than a CD or listen to it on an MP3 player. I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. But let's let's move on a little bit. Where what what is the first death metal band you remember listening to? Cuz in in America we don't really think much of the idea of French death metal is not something we think of. That's yeah. unusual for us. So tell me about for how us, you got uh, into it. For us uh, as well. Uh, me good, that's uh, Cannibal Corpse. Wow. <laughs> so it's not, it's not French. So yeah, as you <laughs> said, we have, we, we have very few uh, death metal bands here. Uh, here, uh, Benighted. Benighted. You know Benighted? I, I, yeah? I don't. I'm not asking, you know, for what French death metal bands you're into, just how you got into it, period. Where, where, what was your entry point? Same for me, exactly same for me. Carcass, heart work for me. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes, for me, uh, I never really listened to death metal. So, so. I got a, uh, uh, Oh, I yeah. can show you. <laughs> She's getting uh, underrest already. She's ah, French. Yes. It's a French girl. You see? That is awesome. That's awesome. The the only tattoos yeah. I've got are we got uh, this one Up. that I got. Yeah. With... What does it mean? Don't shoot me. I'm Canadian. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> I actually I went back to college as in my 30s, and. The problem I had when I went to college the first time in my, you know, the proper time was I wasn't determined enough. I didn't put myself into it. So I got this tattoo to remind me of that. It says in Japanese, it, it's, it's, it reads as determination or choices. In Chinese, however, it reads as truth. So 
And being as you run into more Chinese people in St. Louis than Japanese, everybody thinks it's truth. Um, oh, they use the same alphabet, they read them differently. And then I've yeah, also- I didn't know it was the same characters between uh, Japanese and Chinese. They can read in both language. No. 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 Um, it's kind of like the letter A. Do you know where the letter A came from? No, no not really. Okay. The letter A originally, and I'll, I'll draw it so you can see was the, the English, the Roman alphabet came from pictographs. Mm -hmm. So it originally looked like that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then you do it that way and it's an A. And I think what that was is that it, that was the letter for ox. That was the, the pictograph for ox, which has an ah sound. So that became A. In Japanese, okay. what they did was they took the kanji characters or what they call kanji, I believe it's called renji in Chinese. And they took the sounds. They just used those to depict the sounds, not the same words. And then they use them all differently. So they can kind of, they can, def they can read it, but it would be gibberish in both languages. If you read Chinese and Japanese, it's, it's, or Japanese and Chinese, it's gibberish. Anyway, so the, the language lesson. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, Thank you for that. Uh, I am a linguist by hobby and kind of by trade. So like I, I had mentioned, you know, I speak English, I speak Spanish, but I speak two dialects of Spanish. I speak Castilian Spanish and I speak Mexican Spanish, uh, except my accent is very strange because I use a Castilian accent to speak Mexican Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Well, we don't speak Spanish. Uh, yeah, we, we, we are not very good at speaking Spanish. So. Uh, uh, hace tres semanas, oh, le, hace tres semanas, le dije a Curtis que voy a hacer una inter, in, uh, revista con una banda mexicana. Y then he asked me, but they, what if they don't speak English? And so then I just started speaking to him in Spanish. And he's like, I don't know if you're making that up. I'm like, no, I actually speak Spanish. <laughs> I'm like, I, I've known you for 10 years and I never told you that. That just seems amazing because I like to tell everybody that immediately. Because that's <laughs> in America, it's very common to just speak one language and being fiercely proud yeah. of being speaking one language. And my goal in life was always to learn multiple languages. I want to speak five. I can yeah, kind of speak. Go. I can kind of speak. Useful, actually. I'm sorry? And it's useful, actually, to speak uh, several languages. <laughs> Not in America. It's it, America is so big. Like, yeah, but the world is bigger. Yes, I know, but we also don't leave here that much. So that's I, I think it's useful. And America is changing because we are becoming more multilingual. And in yep. my city, uh, during the '90s, Bill Clinton agreed to bring in I think fifty thousand Bosnian refugees from the Kosovo conflict. Mm -hmm. So now we all of a sudden we got this Europe, this Eastern European influence we had never had before. And then we started getting more Mexican immigrants. So when you go to a grocery store now, instead of not, and I don't mean like the international ones, but when you go to a regular grocery store in St. Louis, you can actually hear multiple languages being spoken, which is completely alien to how we grew up here. I love it. I, I love the diversity. We've got where I live, we've got a strong, in, in my neighborhood, we've got strong Bosnian, strong Vietnamese, we've got um, Somali. I mean, it, it's, I love it, but it's, 
that's also unusual for large swaths of America, large bits of yeah, America. You mentioned, yeah. But if you drive, you know, if you drive five hours, what country are you in? From here? Yeah. Um, we are in Italy. We are in, actually in the south of France. So we are pretty close to Italy. So Italy is a one hour and a half um, driving uh, east from here. And uh, four hours uh, west, we have Spain. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, like four hours from here, uh, Switzerland. Uh, four or five hours, uh, Germany. Uh, France is pretty much in the middle of, uh, of Europe. So it's pretty easy to, to go anywhere in Europe. I and by drive. train, we, we have high, sp high, sp high speed trains, so we can go to Belgium and very yeah, we fast. Don't have like that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, can I think drive. you do. Next to Boston, you, you have a, a, a French high-speed train. Yeah, I, I really, really wish we had those here. <laughs> um, I, but I mean, I can drive five hours and not leave my state. Yeah. If I, if I drive five hours north, I'm in one state away. If I drive 10 hours north, I'm still in I'm two states away. If I drive 20 hours north, I get to Canada. Yeah. So the when, same, uh, rent, yeah. when you can get in your car and go to another country, it's a little bit, I, I can understand why it's a lot more commonplace to speak multiple languages. Cause I would say probably 75% of Americans never leave this country. Yeah. But anyway, for us, for them. <laughs> I, I, I think that. So yeah, to answer your question. So I uh, never, yeah. Sorry, it's, uh, th these these things always go in weird places, and that's what I like about it. But so, so yeah, to answer your question, I, I was never really into death metal, so I was more about uh, thrash metal, testament, obituary, and stuff like that. Fun well, obituary is maybe in between, but um, but I'm more kind of a thrash guy, Slayer, Grip Incorporated, and stuff like that. You are the first person I've ever heard to reference Grip Incorporated. Yeah, I know it. Uh, we are very few uh, li liking it, but uh, it's uh, just um, the most perfect band in the world to me. It's just um, you know should, that it should be taught uh, at school. I mean, it's just perfect. Everything is perfect in Greek. I, I had their first album. Uh, I don't remember it. It was so long ago. But I, I of uh, Inner, Inner Strength released yeah, in '95. Yeah. Yep, uh, I had that and. Back in those days, I would buy CDs all the time and then sell them off. So it's don't have it anymore. But that's that is actually something that uh, Duncan Evans and I should do on our other podcast, where we go back and listen to forgotten records by forgotten records by famous people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would uh, be crazy. And uh, talking about uh, Greek Incorporated, yeah. And I, I, I actually have the CD uh, at home, so <laughs> one day I can do a copy for you. That that is awesome. Uh, I I love that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, actually, interestingly enough, uh, are you familiar with Master? Master, Ma the death metal band Master. They're they're out of the uh, Czech Republic now. They were one of the the very very first death metal bands. No, they're on tran uh, uh, right now. They're on Transcending Obscurity Records. They've been around forever, but they never got. I mean, they were. It was like them and death at the same time, but death oh, yeah. got all the all the press, 
And I mean, I only heard about him just a couple of years ago, but he told me the same thing. I don't listen to death metal. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't listen to, I don't listen to death metal. All right. Okay, Paul. Great. Why is my cat pulling litter out of the box? Excuse me. Talk amongst yourselves. No problem. No problem. <laughs> she was sticking her arm into the box of litter, not the litter box, but the box of oh. litter and pulling yeah, it out and throwing it on the ground. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, um, Achiavel is the mix of, um, of, uh, of our four, uh, four influences. So yeah, we are, we are, we are, each of us has a, a different musical background. So uh, Ori is more death metal. Death metal. Uh, yes. Our bassist uh, Jay uh, is a, a hardcore. Yeah, into hardcore. Uh, Chris is a lot um, kind of um, trash. And, uh, and heavy metal like uh, Metallica, yes. Iron Maiden, and right. I'm the trash guy. So it's a mix of all this Achievel, uh, and I think you can uh, you can pretty much uh, hear hear that when you listen to our music. We are not like a proper death metal band. Uh, at, melodic, death yeah, metal. melodic death metal, but uh, we have a lot of uh, influences and uh, hardcore parts, even pop music yes. parts sometimes. Yes. See, and that's the kind of, that is the, the, I'm trying to determine, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. That is what I love seeing what has become the most amazing thing in modern music, especially modern metal, because as time has gone on, as metal has gotten older, it keeps breaking off into new and new chunks. And when you overlay different kinds of metal, you get something new. And There, there's a, and I, I need to stop talking about them because I've mentioned them in like every podcast I've done since I heard their record. Uh, but there is a band from my state called Grave Huffer, and mm-hmm. in the middle of one of these amazing death metal tunes, it goes into a disco ABBA part. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> and it it seems so silly, but it made so much sense. And that's the kind of thing that I'm really getting into is seeing how we can change. Because if you played if anyone just continues playing Tampa Bay death metal, like Deicide or Cart, or not Cart, obviously not Carcass, uh, Deicide or Obituary or Death in 2021, it's boring. Absolutely. Because they have, that has been done. They have taken that genre of music as far as it can go. So I like to hear, I like it when things are more layered and different. We completely agree, and we try to take the best of each uh, of, of uh, these styles because uh, obviously each uh, style sometimes may get boring, or as you said, uh, everything has been done and said. So, if we just take the best part uh, of each of uh, these styles and try to mix it uh, in a, into a new, new, new kind of music, it uh, it works well. At least that's what we we think and we try to do. Even if I don't know if you listen to Ores uh, voice, but she's pretty much a death metal voice for sure. But... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the music is uh, uh, more mixed. Well, and you know, that's something that I've heard, I've seen a lot of. Um, there is a power metal band out of Canada, I think, called Unleash the Archers. Yeah. They, 
that, well, I mean, that's the thing about metal. No matter how big a band is, nobody's heard of them. <laughs> yeah, maybe because there are tons of metal bands. That's maybe it's, why. That's one of the things that, you know, I always feel like I just got into heavy metal yesterday because of how <laughs> many bands I learn about. When I was, uh, I did a review of a Mayhem show um, years ago. I guess like three or four years ago now. And the, the, the opening band was a death metal band called Immolation. Mm -hmm. Apparently they're very famous. Yeah, and had been around for 30, 20 years at that point, And I had never heard of them. Yeah. Of course, there are so many bands all over the world. And especially mm -hmm. once a band gets famous, um, in this continent, it uh, might uh, get uh, to other places, and then they, they are not famous uh, there. So it's very exactly. hard for death metal band to be to, to get famous uh, worldwide. And well, here in the states, you can't listen to it on the radio. Now you never could. It was never played on the radio here, except for little tiny college stations. So yeah. that's what makes it even harder. For, for especially for extreme metal bands to get their head up and above. So I, I don't know how anybody would get past that. I, I have no idea, but. Maybe by doing interviews as we are doing um, as a French uh, metal band, we are doing a lot of interviews uh, in the US uh, to get uh, known there. So have thanks had, to have, internet had, and uh, I'm sorry, go things ahead. will make change. <laughs> That that would be awesome. It's it's a smaller world now due to the internet because, you know, uh, I didn't fly to France to interview you. We were of course doing this via Zoom meeting, and and you know, twenty years ago we never could have done that. I keep laughing at myself about doing these Zoom calls because I grew up watching cartoons where they would talk like this, where they would be looking into a computer screen and talking to each other. That was a big deal on Transformers and GI Joe and. Now yeah, I get yeah, to do yeah. it. I never thought I'd get to do that, but here we are. So, you know, maybe things will get, maybe things will get better and get bigger. But as of right now, you know, there's only one Slayer. There's only one Carcass. There's only one Obituary. There's only one DSI, only one Cannibal Corpse that everybody knows. And let's hope uh, like in a couple of years from now, everybody will know about the Kiavel. That's what we are doing. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I, sort of, I mean, how... What is the extreme metal scene in France like? How big is it? Very small. Actually, metal is, is not... Uh, we have some old bands here, like uh, Loud Blast, uh, who has been uh, around for 35 years. We have uh, Mortuary. We have... Uh, United. <laughs> United. You know United? They are pretty famous in the US as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so... We have a Svartkhan as well. Ah, yes. Svartkhan is pre pretty much uh, internationally known. Uh, but yeah, there are maybe like uh, 10 or 15 big bands and for the rest. Gojira. And Gojira, yeah. Gojira, of course. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah. no, they are more American than uh, than French. Um, so uh, how do you, when you book a show, what, what does that look like? What is, what's the, the lineup of bands look like? What do you mean lineups of band uh, and what the size so, of the venue, the number no, of bands? Like when here in, here 
in my city when somebody like the, sh- the the place you would most likely play if you came here there's a club called red flag they book all the death metal bands that can't fill you know there, there's one place bigger that like cannibal corpse and obituary would play but everybody else plays this place um called red flag they'll put like five or six bands on the bill every night because that way they get their the, the the band's friends to come to ta- come to the show and buy beer but you know what kind of bands would be on a bill with you if you were playing in your local town either smaller bands and uh in, in the region here like uh two hours drive or something like that we have a uh, four or five venues uh, that uh, that could uh, welcome us and uh, we could have a uh, a bill with two or three other bands, either smaller or bigger, uh, like, uh, I don't know, we, we had um, Montpellier, uh, Soulfly, mm-hmm. Sepultura came and played um, small venues, like uh, 300 people or 400 people. So uh, either it's a local, uh, more or less local or national band with smaller bands, and right. they would be four, or we have an international band with a supporting band like us, like national band, um, and then they would be uh, uh, around. We we are at a lot of uh, international bands uh, coming uh, recently, uh, but most the bigger bands are uh, like Gojira, like Metallica, or whatever, are mainly playing in the, in Paris or sometimes in Lyon. Belfast. Oh, the Hellfest Festival uh, once a year. How many metal bands would you be able to get? How many like extreme metal bands would you be able to get at a local show? Would you be able to line up three or four? Or? That that's kind of more what I'm asking about. Yeah, we could we couldn't uh, line up three or four bands here. Uh, of course, yeah, there are a lot of bands, but um, uh, very few of them manage to be uh, known. Uh, I see. Nationally and internationally, but yeah, there are a lot of uh, mostly teenagers uh, playing uh, playing extreme uh, metal, but uh, uh, they are not uh, growing very easily. Some of them may sing in French. Some of them uh, may not be professional enough. Uh, cool. I, the big one of the big reasons why I asked that is because here uh, again. I, I see shows in my city most of the time. So that's my that's what I think of. And when there's an extreme metal band, usually they can get one other like local band to come to come play, but they can't line up. Usually they can't get another death metal band. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah, we could easily find a, tomorrow we could play a, a gig with three or four southern death metal bands. It would be a Small, small ones, but uh, doing uh, good music and uh, pretty happy to, to come and play along with us, yeah. Very cool, very cool. What, uh, you know, going back to just music in general, what, you know, what is the first music you remember listening to as a child and going, wow, I really want to do that? Nothing Else Matters from Metallica. Okay, that makes me my, feel- my father- my father was a guitar play, player and uh, a fan of this album. I feel really old. Thank you for that. <laughs> I was in and high school when that came out. 
uh, it's the same for us. So we were in high school as well. Uh, something uh, it's in 1991, 1991. So we were as well in uh, high school or almost in high school. Yeah. Or mm. well, a bit younger, but uh, <laughs> not that young. I was in my third year of high school. So, I mean, I was almost wow. done with it when that, when that hit. <laughs> I, um, uh, I mean, the first piece of music I can remember really, really getting to me is uh, the soundtrack to Greece. Greece, yeah, yeah. It's not uh, rainy metal. Then no, it's 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 completely not. But that's that was the first piece of music I can remember listening to, and I actually had a forty-five of it that I broke. So As to me, it was a it was a cassette of a foreigner. And the album uh, 1940, uh, 1984 from Foreigner. Foreigner has an album called 1984. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much sure. Yeah. The only 1984 I know. With, with Urgence and uh, all the cool uh, uh, songs from Foreigner, all the, the best of uh, Foreigner is. Uh, oh! Oh, okay, I'm not talking okay, about okay. the best of them, but on this particular album, the, all the songs are just hits. So you have uh, Urgence and what I don't remember the other. But, uh, okay, now I understand. I got confused there. So, okay, cool. What um, do you remember what the first music you owned was? Like the, the what was the first thing? What was the first thing you bought or, or picked out in a store? It was uh, this album from Foreigner for me and for you. Uh, the black album <laughs> either i'm old or i'm just a little more advanced i i don't know i can't i can't pick one out for me it was maybe it might be both of, of them it was led zeppelin 3 in 1986 that was the first ah. album i walked into a store and said i want that and walked out with it so you might be uh, five or six years uh, older than uh, Ray. <laughs> uh, I'm 45. So what, uh, we, we don't have to get into your ages if you don't want to, which... Uh, but yeah, no. We are all around 40. Okay, so yeah, I'm a little older. Uh, it's just, it's interesting, you know, four or five years when you get into your 20s or 30s doesn't mean anything, but four or five yeah. years when you're a kid is, is, is an uh, ocean. A lot, yeah, of course. Uh, Trying to think, what uh, what what have I not asked you? What do you want to What do you want to talk about? Nothing in particular. Just talk about uh, our music, the way uh, we can uh, uh, give uh, the the envy. I put you on the spot. I music. know. Okay. Yeah, what, 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 yeah. How about this? What's the last album that you bought? The last album. That you listen to? Uh, a good question. With Spotify, uh, we are not uh, unfortunately buying a lot of albums. Uh, yeah, see, I know I bought an album. Uh, I bought uh, the last ACDC, of course, Powered Up. I have not heard that and I have no interest in it. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, that was, that was, that, that was mean. I need to be. Yeah, more. yeah, that's mean because uh, not not uh, liking ACDC is not. Uh, no, I love ACDC. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love ACDC. Ah, so. One of the greatest shows I've ever seen was ACDC on the Ball Breaker tour. Um, yeah. I, I was actually at the time I was working at the venue, 
And I was punched in the face by security. So while working, which is kind of awesome. It wasn't our security. They brought in extra. And during during Angus's guitar solo, when he's riding on the shoulders, yep. the security guard punched me in the face and knocked me down. <laughs> I probably, knowing what I know now about uh, human resources, should have reported that. Did not. Yeah, probably, yeah. Did not. Um, <laughs> but that <laughs> show... But I, I hated that album. I thought that album was terrible. But they what didn't play count? anything. But they didn't really play anything off of it, so it was fine. You know, they opened up with Back in Black. And you when when you get to ACDC, ACDC is a lot like KISS for me. In the fact oh, yeah. that they have written some amazing classic songs. But they have not written enough amazing classic songs to fill up all the albums they put out. I wouldn't agree, but and at least on Ball Breaker, you have a Hard as a Rock. Yeah, I don't like that one. That <laughs> one's okay. Uh, I'll say Ball Breaker was better than Stiff Upper Lip, but neither oh, one of them was as good as The Razor's Edge, and neither one of those was as good as anything they had done before. I, I think with ACDC, we've hit the law of diminishing returns. Everything they do is not quite as good as what they just did. That's me. I understand your position, but still, it remains uh, ACDC. But if I had the opportunity to go see them in concert, yes. If if they were coming to town, yes, I'd buy a ticket and be there. Ah, Okay, good. So we agree on that. I I just, they're, they're a heritage band now, and not many heritage bands excite me unless I'm already a giant fan of them when they get to that point. Like, yeah. I love Sticks, right? Love Sticks. In the last year and a half, both Sticks and Dennis DeYoung both put out records. I didn't buy either of them, but I've seen them both in concert in the, twice in the last two years. Good, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's where they make their most money anyway. Although I really should buy that Dennis record. I'm just probably not going to. Um, but what is, what's the last album you put into Spotify to listen to? <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again. Uh, the, the band Avulst. Uh, I, I, I think it, uh, it's a Spanish band. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this band. But okay. It's a brutal death metal. Uh, I love it. So. Okay, is brutal uh, death metal the same band. thing as technical death metal? Sorry? What is, is, the, is brutal death metal the same thing as technical death metal? I say yes. Okay. It's a good question. I don't know. I think death metal Not is... Not technical. Well, Mr. Lula, I don't know the same thing, but the brutal is technical. Yes. And then? For me, uh, the last song I put on Spotify was uh, the single we released yesterday. Uh, Yes. Frozen Beauties, uh, which is uh, on Spotify. So it, that's it actually is, the last thing I listened to uh, in my car when I came very here. Cool. In, in this modern day, is listening to your song on Spotify the same as hearing it on the radio? Does it feel the same to you, do you think? Mm, not really, since uh, when it's aired on radio, you know that uh, you have a lot of uh, people listening to that, or you, you, you hope 
for that uh, while on Spotify. You have the the numbers, so you know right. how many people listen to that. But uh, it, there's not this uh, di direct uh, link to the auditors. So yeah, radio is uh, always the uh, best to us. It's a more pleasant feeling and more exciting to us. Maybe because we were raised with uh, radio rather than uh, Spotify. I, I agree. And even though our radio stations are terrible now in America, and especially in St. Louis, I still listen sometimes. Yeah, I can agree. Yeah, yeah. It's, of course, it's it's along the lines of, huh, I think I'll listen to Casey. I wonder what Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, or Leonard Skinner song they're playing. But that's... Yeah, you have this link with um, the host, uh, the choice of uh, the guy uh, airing this. So you can discover some new songs and, uh, yeah. Oh, we, we don't have that anymore. We, we, oh, yeah? we have completely lost that. The... Um, in 1996, what started killing the radio industry in America, there was a law called the FCC Act of 19, 1996. And the, the long and the short of it is before that, every DJ got to pick two or three songs an hour. And mm -hmm. every station had a person making up the playlist, every station in the country. Now there's only two of them. Now there's only two people yeah. making the playlist in the entire country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not a lot, yeah. So it's anywhere you go, every station is exactly the same. Uh, we actually made a, a playlist uh, on a US radio. I don't really know on, in which state it should be aired. Oh, but that, uh, I think that is on satellite radio. I could be mistaken. Ah, okay, it might be. But we, we have, a, we have a prepared a playlist and Ore has recorded a a one hour 30 show that should be aired in May. That's uh, awesome. Dedicated to our Cavell and to our, the music we all of four are, are listening to. And so there's a proper playlist. So we've done that for the US. Very cool. That That is, so that's on Gimme Metal. That'll be out in May, you said? Yeah, maybe I don't. Really know. <laughs> <laughs> our manager actually organized everything. So. And she's an American manager, actually, as you probably know. So yeah, Corey. Corey yeah, I, yeah, I know her a little, not real well. Um, I'll get to know her more because I know I know Curtis very well, and I'm sure he's going to make a, make me know her more. So going forward, probably. Yeah. And she's uh, very efficient. That's what I hear. I listen. I I will say I do listen to her podcast, her and Curtis's podcast. I guess I should say, but yeah. uh, you know where, if you could tour right now, where would you want to tour? Probably uh, the U.S. for the fun of going to the U.S. And since we have a pretty good uh, feedbacks from uh, your country, but uh, of course, touring uh, Europe would be a pleasure for us since we these are all, all countries we've uh, already traveled to as uh, teenagers or, or tourists. And it would be fun to go back to Germany, uh, U.K. or Finland, everywhere. everywhere. But yeah, U.S. for us, uh, it's kind of... Um, a child dream since uh, most of the metal scene comes from the US and also from the UK. When you uh, tour in Europe, how far apart are the cities? Uh, this would probably mainly be capital cities and uh, uh, if you want to, yeah, to, to, to go from, from one to the other, it depends on each country, but from Paris to Brussels, it's uh, two hours from uh, 
from Brussels to Amsterdam, it's one hour, 30 or two hours. So to Then to Germany, it would take uh, five or six hours. Poland, uh, also five or six hours. It's pretty close, actually. When, when you... to Madrid, it would be 10 or 12 hours. It might 10 or be a 12. long break. That far? Paris to Madrid, yeah, uh, yeah, it's at least, that. yeah. When when you finally do get to tour in the states, and I have mm -hmm. no doubts that you will, you will be surprised at how far apart everything is. Once you get yeah. off of the East Coast, because you can do New York to Boston to Philly in like a weekend, mm -hmm. and then to DC, you know, you could probably do that, you know, Thursday through Monday. But then once you start going west, nope, we are. Five like like where I am, and it's the same for every Midwest Midwest city. We're five hours minimum from anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can imagine, but uh, then uh, we would probably, and we we will uh, arrange uh, the we'll have a big touring bus buses. We we hope Corey will uh, will find everything for us. <laughs> <laughs> then we can sleep and have uh, the usual uh, American tourist buses. Uh, that we we can see uh, on internet or when when you sleep on the tour bus, make sure you sleep feet to the front. Yeah, really? Why? In case of accident? Yep. Uh, if you sleep head to the front, and there's an accident, you can break your neck. Yeah, good point. So we'll think about you uh, once we get into a proper. If I bus. if I help you in no other way than just that one piece of advice. There you go. <laughs> that, that, that would be useful, yeah. <laughs> and of course, hoping for no accidents on the road, because God, we've had enough of those, in the, I think, in the world. Probably shouldn't even joke about that. I apologize for bringing this up. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, you know, yeah. that's especially in, in, in 86 uh, in uh, Northern Europe. Yep. I actually acquired, I bought about, about two months ago, I bought a vinyl bootleg of the last show that was recorded with Cliff Burton. It was, Cliff died on, I believe, what, the 21st of September? This was recorded on Denmark? like the- Yeah, in Denmark. Was it in Denmark? Yeah. And I I've got a copy of, like, I think about two thirds of the show, they don't have the whole thing. There was a soundboard recording from, I wanna say the o Hammersmith Odeon in London. Mm -hmm. There was about just like four or five days before the accident. And- Yeah, yeah. On that bootleg, James wasn't even playing guitar because he had broken his wrist at that point. And that... Okay. So it was a guitar tech? Uh, yeah, so John Marshall. Same. I, absolutely. And it was the same guy uh, that played when he yep. got uh, his arm burnt uh, in Canada, I think? Yep, same guy. Uh, yeah, in uh, Montreal. And Montreal. that album, uh, that concert is just, it's chaos. There's even... Back then, when they were really drunk on a good day, they played. They sounded pretty tight, but this was just no. It's it's almost unlistenable, but it's still a cool oh, yeah. item. But it's still it's a history. Exactly, it it's a very historic piece. Have you yeah. seen Metallica live? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yes. Yeah, Where? Yeah, what was the, What what venues do they play at over there? How big? Here in France, uh, they go to yeah. Ber uh, Oh yeah, ah uh, 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 yeah. Uh, Chris was here as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, Chris and Auré, I've seen them in the Arène de Nîmes. It's a Roman uh, amphitheater. 
Uh, the one they did the video in? Yeah, absolutely. So Ore and Chris, uh, our guitarists, were there. Wait, for that video, or do they actually like play there regularly? No, no, they played it just once, I think, here. Okay. One in Paris? Yeah, and they, yeah. usually they come over to Paris instead of uh, Nîmes. Uh, in that uh, particular venue, um, Rammstein uh, also played, uh, I think, Nightwish. So sometimes they have some big uh, uh, bands like that, but usually they don't use uh, that place for that kind of concerts. Uh, and Metallica comes to Paris, uh, Bercy. Uh, it's uh, like, um, I would say, 20,000 uh, uh, people uh, venue. Gotcha. Uh, what was it like seeing? Hey, and they, come, they go, sorry, they go to, they come also to the Stade de France. Uh, nice. It's, yeah, and I, I was there last time. So it's like uh, 60 or 70. Oh, yeah, it's 60 <laughs> or 70,000. Uh, oh, it's like a, a soccer stadium? Yeah, yeah, it's a stadium. Yes. Stade de France, yeah, it's the big, uh, biggest uh, French uh, stadium. And yeah, they played there uh, two or three times in a row last time. So several, yeah, so, and as it is, it does the same. It's where big bands are coming in. So it's, it's in Paris. That's awesome. The, the last time I saw them was at our baseball stadium, which holds for a baseball game, holds 43,000. 43, and they had sold, I think they sold 45,000 tickets total. Yeah. Because, because of the way that stadium is set up, there aren't seats where the, there aren't really seats behind the stage. It's open. But okay, that, yeah. that was the, the first stadium show I had ever been to, and that was pretty cool. But I'm curious about the Roman, the Roman Amphitheater or the Roman Arena. How many shows have you been to there? How often do they have shows there? Uh, I don't really know. To, um, uh, I, I, I see Prodigy. Yeah. Prodigy? And uh, Anima C? What? You know Prodigy? Yeah. 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 Fire. Uh, so uh, like yeah, this... I I don't know. Often they do some gigs there. No. Say yeah, maybe five or ten times a year. I'm not sure, but uh, okay. So not a lot, but not like now. Okay, so a, a little. Absolutely. That is yeah. really really cool. See, we don't have anything like that over here. We don't. You yeah. Know, we don't have... You're no Roman <laughs> Roman no. Empire in the woods. <laughs> When I when the, the closest thing we have is like the Aztec stuff, but that's in in Mexico. It's not even it's not yeah. here, and they didn't build stuff like that. But when I went the first time I went to Mexico, we went on um, an a, a, a Mayan tour um, or as an Aztec tour of you know uh, the of um, the name of the city is Chichen Itza, and it was the first oh, yeah, like I went there. It's it's uh, you've been there. Yeah, of course, yeah, and walking through there and just seeing a pyramid was just so weird to me and like the idea of castles and roman amphitheaters i i it's crazy to me that's insane because we don't have it uh-oh are you frozen yep looks like we are having some technical difficulties well at this point in time during the recording of this episode of the Glacially Musical Podcast, it would appear that the internet tubes that connected America and France went out. So unfortunately, we will not get the final few minutes 
of our great interview with Akiavel, but I am ever so thankful for them joining us and honestly doing an interview in a language that's not their first one. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. And now we are going to play their new single and that is called Frozen Beauties. Hope you enjoy it and catch you next week. Thank you very much.